We are back with another episode of the Healthy Obsession Podcast. And guess what, Chris? Your boy, once again, made some money betting this weekend. I know this has nothing to do with what we talked about, but I always got to get that plug in, you know? You don't have to. Yes, I do. But anyway, uh, this week we talk about... What do we talk about? We talk about some of our favorite horror and slash horror adjacent movies uh it's the spooky time and what better than being seasonal am i right yeah. and we also do a deep dive talk about squid game because we both finished that and wanted to talk about it and uh everybody knows how much people make on twitch now which you could have already known but we talk about that too because you know why not And I just got back from the grocery store, and uh, boy, I really, I really had to pick to go grocery shopping right before the storm rolled in. Oh, I was. You told me that you had to go to the store before we could restart recording, and I was just wondering how. Well, I, I thought it was interesting because you said that, and I looked outside and went, "Oh, well, that's unfortunate timing for you because it's raining." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was able to, uh, it, it it took a little extra time because I stopped at our apartment to grab a jacket before it started raining. But uh, definitely not fun to carry all the groceries through the rain, but it had to happen today. And as with every Monday, by the time I get through with everything I'm supposed to be doing today, it's it's basically going to be the same time I would have gotten off work anyway. You know how it is. Yeah, you know. Busy <laughs> but that's, uh, that's okay. Um, it's 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 October. And I've been watching a lot of horror movies recently. And uh, just last night, I finished uh, what I think is a similar show. Uh, I finished Squid Game. And we yes. want to talk about both of those things today. As we, we talked about it some, was it last week? Just the phenomenon of it. Yeah. Uh, but we both finished it since then. Wanted to give some thoughts on that. Um, and yeah, I... I I think in an unreleased basement tapes episode we have um hit on what our main topic is before I think we already talked about this <laughs> going through what we were compiling what we needed for I was like I think I've done this before uh but it'll be new to you so the listeners so you know you'll you'll see about halfway through this what our what our main topic this week is yeah, it does. It doesn't matter what's locked away in my hard drive as long as it's never been released. <laughs> so yeah, maybe one day if we ever make it big and we hit a, some sort of goal, we can release those. We won't because the audio will be gone. But uh, then we'd have two episodes of the same thing. Maybe I don't know. But but th- before we get to all that, yeah, uh, you cued me in on this right before the rest of the internet did. Uh, Twitch got hacked like real bad. Last week, real, yeah, Twitch is down bad, real bad. Like, like one of one of the worst hacks I think I've ever seen. If I'm being honest, well, when the when when the headline is the entirety of Twitch got leaked, um, I don't know if it could be much worse. Right, like this wasn't even this was not a standard username and passwords hack, which it was also that, and you should probably change your password on Twitch if you haven't yet. But like, for like, A, it's already, like, kind of upsetting enough to, like, the status quo that it published all the earnings of the major Twitch players, but then also that the entirety of the source code for the website got leaked? That's, that's fucking the, crazy. Yeah, that's the thing that people really haven't even talked about that much, but that's, like, the... Because everyone got fixated on what the payouts from Twitch which I can go into a little more detail on exactly what that is if we need to. But they got more caught up on the payout payouts than they did the fact that the entire source code of Twitch is out in the open now. Like That's insane. Yeah, and the guy who did it, like I, I don't think I totally buy this, but he said that he leaked the source code in order to try to foster competition against Twitch uh, because like, like Twitch hasn't really had a lot of good press recently. And uh, the only real competitor in is what? YouTube. Oh no, the you know the indie darling YouTube. Wow. Well, what, what was what was Microsoft's? Was it Switcher? Uh, Mixer. I don't even remember. Mixer. Yeah. 
that was the only real competitor to Twitch at the time, and that's gone under. And yeah, the other one is YouTube. So uh, like, it's still I, Facebook gaming, but you know, that's I don't basically think I, got the same numbers as Mixer did. I don't think I buy the malevolent idea that he's trying to foster competition. I think he's just a fucking piece of shit hacker, but uh, pretty funny. Pretty goddamn funny, I think. Yeah, I I love I did love all the fake outrage because I think most of it was fake outrage of people going, "Oh my god, they make so much money! They make this much money!" Now, granted, that wasn't like all the money that anyone makes, but uh, I mean, so many people had great takes on the absurdity of getting outraged at seeing those numbers because essentially, what almost all of what we saw was with, and so this is going more into more detail about what those number was no, numbers were is just uh basically the money that streamers got through subs that's all we saw so that doesn't really account for any donations i don't believe um that was purely money that was earned through their partnership with twitch which would be for the most part i think just subs but I, so some people you could take that as as it is like a lot of these people are still making a lot more money than that um because for some of them i was like really that's that's all they that's all they make because i would have thought they would have made more um but it's it doesn't take it doesn't take into account donations uh sponsorships brand deals and two as a lot of people said most of this information could be have been figured out just by knowing if, if someone has their uh their sub counter up, you could easily do some math and figure it out the numbers that we found out about. I think my favorite part of all that, like, aside from, like, the morbid curiosity of the fact that it is interesting to know what any of them make. Uh, but oh, my yeah. favorite thing is I, I've seen a few posts on, like, the Livestream Fails subreddit where now... Instead of putting people's Twitch names, they'll just say number 63 <laughs> yeah. in order of where they were at on earnings. Uh, Hassan was milking that all last week. He just picked the number 13 tw uh, earner on Twitch. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I, I saw a thread tell that was like number 68 tells number 132 to fuck off or something like that. <laughs> just like starting drama, but not addressing them by name. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, it's it's some dystopian classes shit, but as long as it's just contained <laughs> on Twitch, whatever. Well, and and most of them are like all well off enough; they don't give a shit. They're just more, you know, making fun of each other. It's friendly banter. I couldn't believe that uh, Ray was so high on the list. He was like fifty-one, like that. That kind of blew Junior, my mind. Former achievement hunter. Yeah, yeah. Who is now? <laughs> Uh, his gamer tag now is Array Lamau because I think um I think he got reported for having the gamer <laughs> tag of Brown Man um and so he had to change it. That's pretty funny. I can't believe it took that long. I know, right? I don't know when it happened, but um when Gunner and I were uh trying to join each other in the Battlefield beta, uh we were going through Xbox Friends and saw we both had because. With the Xbox One, you could just add someone as a friend and they didn't have to accept it. You could just, like, follow them. And so we both followed Ray and saw that his name changed. So we're like, oh, shit, I wonder where that happened. But yeah, I do hope that the source code leaking does mean something for competition and effectively making Twitch open source. I I don't know that it will. I'm not counting on it, but... Like, Twitch has been pretty shitty recently, and I, I have been begging for an amount of competition. Any competition. Any legitimate competition. Well, you know, more and more people keep going over to, to YouTube. But that was that was a funny thing that um that Hassan brought up, either on his podcast or uh on stream, talking about how, yeah, everyone's, like, freaking out about all these, these num these you know, revenue numbers from Twitch streamers. Meanwhile, YouTubers are sitting over there going like, that's all you make? Because <laughs> from the, from a YouTube AdSense revenue, like standpoint, like YouTubers make way more money, com like comparatively. 
But, you know, people are going to find what they want to get outraged about. Yeah. Speaking of... <coughs> Sorry. Speaking of outrage, uh, the new Smash character got revealed. I was partially right. It was in one of my guesses. It was one of your guesses. I, I, I think... I haven't seen actually all that much complaining about the reveal like I normally would after the fact. I, I think this inclusion is pretty generally a crowd pleaser, if not people can't appreciate it. And that's it's fucking Sora from Kingdom Hearts. I I had been calling Sora basically since the second battle pass was announced. Um so I'm kind of happy to see that guest kind finally come to fruition. Um yeah, and but, I guess I lied to you last week, because I, I said that I had thought I'd read in an interview that they said Sora wouldn't happen because they couldn't get rights to anything Disney. I may have just made that up, or I may have misconstrued something. I'm not really sure, but I guess it should be noted that aside from the Mickey Mouse keychain on the Keyblade, there is no Disney whatsoever in his moveset or design, which is kind yeah. of a shame, because the inclusion of Donald and Goofy is like pretty important to Sora's character. So it's sad to not even see them included in the final Smash, but, like, it's Disney, so what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think I saw some cool reactions. I posted that in our Discord uh, of people kind of going nuts. So many people had were going bananas on on the Twitter space uh, when, when he was revealed. It was a pretty sweet reveal, too, I would say, uh, the way they did it. Because I was like, okay, this is taking a lot, a lot longer than what it normally does, and I think it, I think it did well. Granted, I haven't played Smash in like months, so like, cool. Will I ever play them? Man, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the an era has ended, assumedly, uh, with uh, with Sora being the last. Assumedly, last character they're going to add to Smash Ultimate. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see if we ever get another Smash Bros. game, and if we do, how long it takes. Yeah, it is also pretty funny that the uh, the DLC concluded with, technically, another anime sword fighter. God damn it. <laughs> I think Sora's a bit of an exception, but if you if you really get down to it. Isn't he like one of the lightest characters too? Like he's super, yeah, he's super they said light. he's uh he's lighter than Young Link. Oh my god, my boy's just gonna be floating. Yeah, his recovery looked crazy. <laughs> I'm not good with uh, light characters, so uh yeah, probably not. Well, actually, that's not true. Isn't Yoshi pretty light? Um, he's probably on the lighter side of average. I'm still not proud of myself that I've become a Yoshi main, but, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I haven't even bought the second Fighter Pass, because, yeah, I also haven't played Smash in a while, but Smash is just fun to keep up with, and I think the second Fighter Pass had a lot of really cool characters. And I oh, think yeah. Sora as the last one is, uh, is it, I mean, Sora is a lot fucking better than Byleth. Uh, rounding out the first fighter pass. Yeah, that is that is definitely true. There, we also got Doom Guy as a as a me fighter costume, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't get a chance to tell you. I had a friend uh link me to a Twitter that I guess is like just committed to Fall Guys leaks. Oh shit! And uh, supposedly, pretty soon we're gonna get Halo costumes in Fall Guys. Oh my god. I guess in uh, in the code or something, they saw some file names for costumes for Master Chief, a grunt, and a chieftain. Fuck yes, dude. Give me that season five. Because I bet, I bet that would be in season five. I mean, season four has been going on for almost half a year. I mean, or at the very least, just around the time Infinite releases as a promotion. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess because they, they just do special skin releases all the time now. Like, now it's... This season, for some reason, is Spelunky, which I don't understand that. I mean, it's not that I dislike it, but I'm like, okay, that's it. I would never have thought that would have been a, a collab <laughs> that they would have done. They also had a bunch of Jungle Book ones, but that was more directly tied to the actual season. Yeah, which... Yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, 
So, uh, Smash, pretty cool. Pretty pretty done. Pretty over. <laughs> pretty done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now let's let's get into the meat and potatoes. Yeah, let's talk about Squid Game. Yeah. Not Splatoon. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Season two could just be a Splatoon collab. Uh, we're definitely gonna talk spoilers. So if you don't want that, skip ahead. I'll uh, I'll put I'll put a timestamp down in the podcast description for when we're done talking about Squid Game. But I I do really want to talk to you about some of those final episodes. Okay. Did you uh, Okay, first thing, this isn't necessarily going right into spoilers. Um did uh I before I finished, I was watching Hassan's stream cuz you know that's basically all I do anymore. Um and he just uh, made a comment that he was like, what? or maybe he tweeted it, one of the two. But he was like, yeah, after episode six, kind of just fell off. So I had I I had, had that in my mind to going into those last couple episodes of being like, hmm, I wonder if he's right. And I think he was kind of right. It kind of just, the, the last third was, oh, it was not as holy shit as the beginning, but that kind of makes sense given the whole story of it. Uh, but I still really like the show overall, and I I hope we can, with its sheer popularity, we can get more just, like, I like to call it anime-adjacent stories, where it's just very different than what we traditionally see in Western media, since Western media doesn't like to, you know, uh, experiment much anymore. Um, and it was very refreshing to just see this wild type of story that you don't generally see in western media yeah i in some regards i do agree that the series did get less for the final episodes i i don't want to say it dropped off i don't think it was that dramatic yeah um but it did disappoint me in similar ways that i have been disappointed before by very similar shows um, Yeah. And I may have talked about this on the podcast before, but um, one of my favorite anime that wouldn't crack a top 10 list, but is up there with something I would recommend, Death Parade, is mm. very similar to Squid Game, only in, like, it is people playing games essentially for their lives. Um, Death Parade very quickly got away from that concept, where, like, the first episode acting as a pilot was the only time it was really purely that. And then afterwards I got more deep into the character drama surrounding those aspects. And that's kind of a similar thing that happened with those last episodes where even the games that were played, the focus was less on the game itself and more about the people, which is great mm -hmm. for a story, but in this sub genre of gamey horror, I I really wish more properties would just say, fuck it, you're in the seat for the gimmick, let's watch them play a fucked up game. More Saw-y. Does that make sense? Yeah, more, more like Saw in some regards, yeah. Yeah. Well, because, like, in, like, The Bridge, I thought was very cool. That was a very cool game. It almost ripped directly out of Kaiji, by the way. Oh, um, that was another Kaiji reference? Yeah. Um, but the final game, when they actually play the squid, squid game, game, like they didn't even play the game. No. Like, like to the point that them playing the game for the five minutes they did was basically pointless to the plot or the game itself. It was just our main boy getting out his frustrations it was basically all it was. Because, like, obviously they set it up for them to fight to the death, and that's what was going to happen. But then I kind of don't even know why they wasted time playing half of the game when it didn't matter. I, and it was kind of disappointing. Yeah, I, I, well, I didn't like the multiple phases it went. Like, one when he was going to, okay, we're getting into spoilers now, for sure. Uh, one when he was just going to be like, nope, just give up. I was like, are you kidding me? Come on. I, that... <laughs> someone did have a very good tweet I saw. I was like, did Ryan Johnson direct the last episode of Squid Game? Because my expectations were subverted. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, kind of, yeah, because it just kind of blue-balled you, I thought, with with what it could have been. Um, 
I, I, that that whole oh I'm gonna give up no I won't let you give up I'm just gonna kill myself I was like that eh, eh. that that didn't do it for me yeah I agree I I would have rather they had uh picked one of like one of the antagonist characters to be one of the final two so they could actually play a game yeah yeah but but again I I would rather just I would have more fun with the gimmick of the show than the characters themselves. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of a personal preference, I think. Cause like there's, there's already not a whole lot of media in this kind of very specific subgenre. Uh, I mean like there's saw there's cube, there's death parade. There's this, uh, I think, I think Netflix just released another, uh, uh, they released a Japanese series called Alice in Borderland that I think is kind of similar to this. Yes, I've, um, I've been hearing a lot of similarities. Or or it's just another death game. I mean, it's in the death game genre, which there's a lot of anime in the death game genre. Um, most of which aren't that good. Um, right, because I mean, this... yeah, there there's things you watch like Battle Royale or Hunger Games that are death games but squid game was particularly fun because it was uh it basically the wacky japanese game show of death games yeah yeah one thing that i i can do without is all the shitty american takes of oh hollywood should make it because they could make it with like americanized games and it'll just be a lot more relatable and i'm just going fucking hell dude <laughs> What's not relatable about Counting Marbles? <laughs> that one, that one was brutal. I knew yeah. that was gonna happen, like when that game started, that he was just gonna let him win. And then when the plot twist happened, I was like, "Oh shit!" I did not. I I really didn't see the old man's uh plot twist coming. Yeah. That that whole episode was a real gut punch on all sides. I think the Marble episode might have been the strongest episode of the whole series. Yeah, and then because like, like in the next that one, episode, and then the red light green light game as a whole. Yeah, but see, like the thing about that was, I I thought the first up until the game started, I was kind of like, this is dragging a bit. Like, let's get to the point. <laughs> oh sure, but oh, I'm curious what you thought. I didn't like that they essentially just made the entire cop arc completely irrelevant. Like, why the fuck was that even there if they were just going to kill the guy? I mean, yeah, I guess it shows that I figured out like two episodes before that uh, his brother was going to be the gray mask guy. Just, yeah, same. Because like when, when, when he opened that book and was like, <gasps> he won, and I, I just was like, okay, I bet the winners have something to do with it, which... Maybe maybe they do, but they didn't show us enough to know if past winners, more past winners are involved. But I, I was just like, okay, but what you just you just teased us for like four episodes, and then it was all for literally nothing. Yeah, see, again, it would have been so much more interesting if they had like forced him into like some kind of one-on-one -on -one death game instead of just shooting him. That 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 part wasn't wasn't too crazy about but um the ending was and, and i wasn't I, I don't know how i feel about the ending like the the very end where he's just like i'm gonna come i'm <laughs> he basically pulls a taken he's like i will find you and i will kill you and they're like bitch just get on the plane <laughs> <laughs> i love it though because that means like i i hope we get a season two yeah but i i don't know though like See, because he's almost setting it up. They're setting it up for like, oh, no, we're going to get, you know, the second Hunger Games where it's just past winners that come back to try and win again or some shit, you know? Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel about that. I don't think that would be it just because, like, if, if that were the case, then they probably would have angled for him specifically. But like you said, they told him not to. Yeah, yeah. That is definitely a route they could go, though, uh, such as the recent release of Escape Room Tournament of Champions. That's exactly mm. what they did. Yeah, yeah. It's just such an easy thing to go to, I think, that that's why so many people do it. But it's I've seen it enough to where when, they, when it does happen, I go, eh, <laughs> I, I wish you could have tried something else.
Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, if you haven't watched Squid Game yet, you should watch it. It's very good. Um, if you watch it dubbed, you're dead to me. Because um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not that hard to just watch subtitles. It's just not. Uh, yeah, I think I had mentioned... Uh, I, I might have said last week, or I might have said it to you off mic. I don't remember. I, I did watch a couple episodes on the dub. Uh, and for, like, the last four episodes, I was sub-exclusively. And uh, it, it really, really does make a difference. And that's not oh, to yeah. say, I don't think the dub actors were bad. Like, I've heard some bad dubs, and I don't think this was a bad dub. It wasn't good, but I don't think it was bad. It's mostly just that, like, it's inherently stiff, and you can very much tell those guys were in an audio booth. Yeah. You lose a lot of the feeling if you're not watching the subversion. Yeah. Did you kind of, this is kind of a, a, t- a small tangent off of the sub and dub, but did you think uh, you could, uh, did you think some of the cultural, like the specific Korean cultural things were hard to follow? Because I didn't think, I've seen some stuff online of people, one with there being like two different versions of subtitles and one is better at uh, portraying some of the cultural differences than the other. But I think, I don't know if it was more also me um, just being a little more accustomed with things in more Eastern Asian countries and what their cultural stuff is that I didn't find any of what the cultural specifics were that hard to follow, except maybe not understanding the full context of the relationship between people from North and South Korea. Yeah, I can't say specifically that I had a moment like that. Do you have a specific example? Of like of like not being able to pick up on stuff? Yeah, like what what was a what was well, a, a Korean cultural thing that they might Well, they addressed? definitely hit on um class being higher than others, especially in the Marble game, when Glasses Bro is basically just being like, You're a dirty immigrant, what the fuck? I thought is what he was low key doing. He was trying to guilt trip him into not taking his last marble because he thought he was better than him. Is what I part of the thing that I was I was pulling from that. Um, and then there just there just seemed to be a lot of stuff uh, relating to people just being of higher class than others in some of the speech. Yeah, I see. I mean that's that's a pretty universal thing to pick up on, so I, I didn't have any issue getting that at least. Yeah, I I mean like I said, I didn't, and I so I was just curious, seeing um uh, some of the dialogue about that online, going if you were in that camp of being like I didn't get this or that, but nah, I can't say I was. Cool beans. I really thought we'd have a lot more to say. Oh, really? I mean, that wasn't that bad. It was like 15 minutes. About. All right. Um, as a as a wrap-up to this, um, what were some of the favorite games from the show for you? Ooh. Because um, I, I feel like after nine episodes, they didn't really play as many games as I wish they had. Well, I think they said up front it was only going to be six games. Oh, did they? I, I think so. Yeah, I don't remember that. I then. think they say that before they start, like before they you're signing, like when they're signing stuff or when they're going. It's like, yeah, you'll play six games. Okay. And you could win some money. Um. Okay, I'm trying to go through. It was red light, green light. What was the second game? <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure. Oh, that it out. was honeycomb. Ah, uh, yeah, the honeycomb. Honeycomb, and then it was tug of war. Then it was and marbles, then it was the marbles, and then the bridge game, and then Squid Game. Um, I thought the tug of war was sweet. Just I, I don't know if I said this last week or just to people on Discord of like, man, you know how many kids at their next field day are gonna be doing that uh, tug of war strat? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but that that was terrifying. Um. And really, the red light, green light, I wish they did more of them like red light, green light, like true kids games. 
Well, that might have been one too, because like I had no idea what the hell honeycomb was. I don't. That that might have been a more Korea specific thing. Oh, okay, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna apologize here, but breaking news on the football standpoint: the Colts are playing oh right now. Oh my fucking god! And um, my man's uh Jonathan Taylor just caught like a fucking seventy yard, seventy six yard dump off pass <laughs> that he just took to the house. So that's cool. But back to your reg- regularly scheduled program. <laughs> I hate you. I hate that you would desecrate this podcast with that. I couldn't believe it. It was wild. It was a great play, okay? <laughs> Sports. Yeah, I, uh, I think red light, green light, the moment that shit goes wrong in that episode in particular is probably one of the strongest scenes in the whole series. Oh, uh, yeah. Just as like a piece of tone setting. And like that's that's like that's that's the end of Invincible episode one, basically. Cause like you get the idea, and like I think everyone in that moment pretty much got the idea, but it yeah. doesn't really click until you see literally hundreds of people getting shot. <laughs> yeah. Uh that was incredible. And yeah, like I said, the bridge, not exactly, but was almost taken right out of Kaiji and is probably one of the better games from the series as well. Um, it didn't go exactly how I thought it would, but I thought as a game, it was it was very cool. And then not a game, but something that I enjoyed a lot for Tone was the dinner after the bridge, when it was just the three, and when the uh, the pink jumpsuits are taking everything away, but they just set the knife down in front of all three of them. Yeah. That was such a fantastic moment. Well, I thought that was going to be the final game. It was just like, whichever you comes out wins. I, 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 that's what I thought. And then it was just like, ah, now, you know, defend yourself or kill. Yeah. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it was, oh, it was good. Yeah, my favorite thing about the series was the little moments of complete hopelessness. Uh, because aside from my addiction to body horror, that is uh, one of the things that is the strongest in that kind of genre for me is that feeling of helpless hopelessness in the mm. void, basically, which is like embodied in, uh, for instance, the marble game when when they find out that they are paired up to for, for one of them to lose. And there's no way out of that. There's no secret trick. You can't team up and both of you survive. There's just no other way out of it other than killing the person you partnered with. That was amazing. Mm. Oh, on that, um, because I was talking with James about this. Did you think, uh, I'm just keep calling them glasses, dude, because I'm sorry, I can't remember the their Korean names. I, I, or his number. Uh, or his number, yeah. But the glasses, glasses, bro, the doctor, and he wasn't a doctor, the business guy, who was like childhood friends with the main character. Did you think he picked Ali as his... See, I can remember his because it's not a Korean name. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, uh, Do you think he picked Ali because he thought it might be a thing where you'd have to kill your partner? Or do you think he genuinely picked him because he thought they'd be the best team? I I think it was a genuine pick. Okay. Because I... I was trying... Oh my god, he big-brained it. He knew. He fucking knew. And he didn't want to have to kill that guy yet. Yeah, I think if if it was a setup the whole time, they probably would have revealed it because otherwise I think there was too much desperation during the marble game before he came up with that plan. Yeah. It, it would be, at least by the end of the series, it would be entirely within his character to big brain it like that, and it's totally possible. But I don't I, I don't think that was the case. I wouldn't commit to that thought. Okay. I also was kind of like, Ali, you're fucking idiot you fucking moron when he gave him the bag i was like it's over he's gonna kill him he won and i'm like why would you do that why i couldn't believe it also there's no way those rocks would have sounded exactly the same as marbles right well it wasn't even necessarily the sound it was the weight i think but they they did the sound you can make the argument that like you're fucking ripped on adrenaline because you're like oh my god one of us is about to die oh my god I don't. I can't hear sounds, but I can see colors. You know, or I, I said that backwards. <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, 
So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to nitpick too much because it was overall very good. And like I, I said earlier, highly recommend it if you haven't seen it already. I would guess it's, I would venture that it would be hard to say you haven't had some of it spoiled if you haven't seen it yet, regardless of if you're listening to us or not. Um, just because I feel like this, uh, people who normally I would not think of to watch this show have watched this show, which is cool. Yeah, for sure. And, and like in that regard of being kind of a niche piece of content, I, I do think it's kind of funny how if they do do a season two, it's, uh, it's, it's so weird to me that the main character went to a hair salon and got like an anime haircut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just got red hair. That was funny. Like bright red, really clean cut hair. He looks like he's in a live action anime adaptation. Yeah. And like, honestly, if that's the vibe they go for with season two, I'm, I'm all in. I'm there for it. It's just so fucking weird for those last 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, what the fuck? What is happening? <laughs> All right, well, that's enough about Squid Game then. Go go watch it. It's a really fucking good show. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, that squid was... That squid? <laughs> that squid was tasty. That script was in development for like 10 years, so to say I want to keep an eye on that guy's stuff is uh, probably not a very helpful statement, but uh, I, I would be interested to see what else he's able to do now. Yeah, exactly. Because once you get your foot in the door on something like that and it's as successful as it's been, I mean, what did they say? It's like the number one show in like 90 countries. That's crazy. Yeah. Or Pretty the number one show on Netflix in 90 countries. But yes. yeah. Good shit. So, to switch gears and talk about something faintly adjacent to Squid Game, uh, we wanted to do a little bit of a list, and since we're already about 37 minutes into the podcast, we are abridging it just a little bit, and we're going to talk about some horror movies, because it's the Spookin' Month again. It's Spoopy Month! And, uh, you know, I, I watch, I would say, significantly more horror movies than you do. Yes. Uh, that is not a debate significantly is an understatement <laughs> <laughs> that said as i'm trying to come up with a list of three movies i want to talk about it's it's already so hard to think of everything you've ever watched to put it on a list right but then also <laughs> like because as we've said many times before since horror and comedy are both very subjective i also can't say that for all the horror i've watched many of them have left a really lasting impression you know Ooh. Ooh, you're going to throw that in there. Oh, my God. Okay, so that is a very good point, and it kind of leads into the thing I wanted to touch base on before we actually go into some of these movies. So to to try and get a, an idea of what I would put on my list, I uh, I just went to Rotten Tomatoes to see what and filtered it by horror, so like the top 100 horror movies by ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, just because I was kind of curious to see what, what even are movies that are on there? And the amount of movies on that list that are old as fuck surprised the shit out of me. And when I say old as fuck, I'm saying like, like fucking Nosferatu's in the top five. What the, the fuck? The like 1920s uh, uh, German horror movie. And Man, there, I tried like, to watch Nosferatu and I fell asleep. There's like all these super like... 30s and 40s and like first versions of classic horror movies like Dracula, Frankenstein. And I'm like why? Why 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 is that? what? So <laughs> I I was I was curious to see if you had any hot take on that bullshit. <laughs> I mean, rot Rotten Tomatoes is not a good way to estimate quality in the first place. Yes. No, 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 I know. I I'm I just thought it was interesting that there were so many old-as-hell movies on that list. Yeah, and I, I, I do think a lot of it probably has to do with what, like, like you said with Squid Game, where Western media doesn't take a whole lot of risks anymore. I don't think that's a controversial statement to make. Uh, 
you know, not to say we don't get movies that are entertaining, and I'm not saying that everything is a carbon copy of everything. However, it is a fact of life that nothing is original. But uh, yeah, very little, at least not in coming out of Hollywood. I mean, I I would say broadly in life, nothing ever at all is truly original. Nothing whatsoever. No single um, aspect of anything is truly original. Uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. It's just a mecca. Yeah, but there's just some shit in there that you're like, yeah, this <laughs> dude just put shit in here. But whatever, I get what you mean. Um, man, I I I lost the thread. What was I even talking about? I had to bring. It I don't up. know, but it's probably okay because we need to actually start going into some <laughs> detail on these movies. <laughs> All right. Unless we want to go for like an hour and a half. Yeah, not really. I got shit to do. <laughs> so, are we doing top three then? Yeah, let's do three. Okay. I'm gonna... I, oh, fuck. I don't know what my three... Oh, I was gonna say, okay, so, like, a lot of movies that are ranked really highly are shit from the 80s, like The Thing or The Shining or, like, The, the original sucks. Or the original uh, Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers, that shit. Okay, because, but the first uh, first Halloween, very good. But it's just like it feels like, and I I I can't say I'm old enough to really say this with certainty, but it feels like shit was just more original back then. Because I mean, even granted, those properties spawned like ten movies each, and we have <laughs> so many had, Halloween movies. <laughs> we haven't had like, I mean, first of all, we haven't had a real character-driven horror franchise since then. And any horror franchise we have had has been pretty universally panned, which I guess is in line with it. But it feels like horror doesn't take those kinds of creative endeavors anymore. That's why uh, The Cabin in the Woods is so goddamn good, which I, I think we both agreed to not. You've, we've talked about it previously, so we've agreed to not put that on our list. Yeah, but granted, I, it is one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, God, same. I love that movie. But I even said that I don't even really consider that... <laughs> a horror at this point i think it's a comedy because that movie's so fucking funny to me <laughs> but uh all right so let's let's start with you what did you have number three on your list okay so of the five movies that i had let me pick one at three i will probably put um God, i'm gonna see i'm gonna keep one off my list i have to put aliens two online and the reason for that is that as a, like, 10-year-old, the first time I watched that movie, it scared the ever-living fuck out of me. Because as a child, the reason why I didn't watch a lot of scary movies is because all I did was put myself in the shoes of any character in a scary movie. And so then I just have dreams about being in the movie, getting chased or killed by whatever the bad thing was. Um, and for that reason... Aliens 2 is has to be on my list because it was the scare for a while it was the scariest movie that I ever seen. Now granted, I watch it now and I'm like this movie fucking aw- is is awesome cuz it's more I view it more as an action movie with some thriller creepy scenes. Yeah, I was going to um, say it's interesting that you went with the action-oriented sequel rather than the pure horror original. I see there was something about the first one that I was just like eh. It was just one of them. The idea of, like, <laughs> hundreds of them coming after me was like, okay, that's way more terrifying. <laughs> if I could put that on as the tagline out of the poster, alien. It's just one of them. <laughs> yeah, I could take one of them. Now, granted, it killed the whole ship, so I couldn't. I could not. Um, but also, uh, by the time I had seen it, like, when we would have watched that as kids, like, it still looked like shit. <laughs> that first alien. Like, if they could remaster movies like they do video games, the first Alien would be my uh, one of my first picks for them to just remaster it. I don't mean remake it, which is what they would do. But Because, right. um, like, the chest-busting scene just could be terrifying with modern CGI now. Oh, my God. <laughs> or but, even, uh, like, even modern puppetry. Keep some of that Uncanny Valley alive and just do it with better prosthetics. Yeah, yeah. But for that reason... um. Uh, this, did we, wait, did we say these are our top, our list of our favorite horror movies? Yeah, the, the, I think it's it's a little broader than that, um, but favorite is a good way to put it, because obviously I'm leaving Cabin in the Woods off, I'm leaving a couple obvious ones off, and these are just, this is just kind of a list of stuff that I want to tell people about. Okay, then... But it is yeah. ranked. Um, 
Okay, mine are, mine are more favorites uh, or ones that have a special place in my heart. Um, sure. So yeah, there's my three. That's and so my, I'm gonna more just give the reasons why. Uh, if you haven't seen Aliens two, great movie. Got one of the greatest uh quote a great I say one of the has a bunch of great one liners like game over man game <laughs> over. That's where that comes from. So I'm gonna bend the rules just a little bit on my number three. Oh fuck! Are you gonna put a fantasy movie in here? What? No. But also, what? My Little Pony movie. What? <laughs> what, are you, what the fuck are you talking Bending about? Bending the rules. <laughs> yeah, uh, my number three favorite horror movie is Lord of the Rings. Is it I really? Guess? No. Oh, I mean, it's like the third. The, hey, the spider scene in the third one's scary. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, my number three is Cloverfield. Ooh. Uh, aside from my love of body horror, like I said just a little bit ago, uh, more than that, my my favorite genre of horror is always going to be found footage. I will forgive the shittiest horror movie just because it's found footage. The idea of found footage elevates everything immediately for me, and I do not get tired of it. But then Cloverfield taking that and also mixing it with, like, really putting you in the shoes of the real terror of a Godzilla-like entity... Uh, yeah. that was a fucking amazing movie for its time. Uh, not even talking about the marketing campaign surrounding it. Watching that in theaters was like, for like 12 year old me was damn near transcendent. See, I, I, I liked that movie and I was, I, I, it, I just took too long to see it. Uh, I did. So I kind of missed the craze, but I, that's interesting that you put that one on there. Cause I I get what you mean by bending the rules because that is not one that I would have thought that you would have put on your list. Even yeah, if it was like, you five. Don't, you don't consider a kaiju movie a horror movie, even though there are legitimately terrifying and horrifying aspects to it. And so Cloverfield kind of just puts you in those shoes, but then it does have elements that are more directly horror associated with it. I can't wait for you. Well, you already are going to know what my number one is, but I... Because I, I think we've talked about it. See, this is how I know we've done this topic before. Because I know I've <laughs> talked about what my number one is on, the, on a recording before. But we'll get there. But interesting. Interesting for you to have that one. I did not see that one coming. Yeah, so what's your number two? So um, this is where it is. If we had a top five list, I'd feel more comfortable. But um, I'm going to probably have to go with It Volume 1. The new oh, one. Oh, okay. You know, actually, um, that was on my long list, and I decided to leave it off. I just, that was the, f so this is how little horror movies, or, you know, the extended horror genre movies that I watch. It was the first one that I saw, in that I saw a preview for, when I'm seeing this movie in theaters. Oh, And, yeah. so, so, I mean, it's relatively recent. Which, and, and I fucking loved it. Like, I didn't find it terribly scary just because it's more of, like, a creepy. Uh, there's a probably a good trend of a lot of mine aren't like, oh, my God, that's terrifying. It's more just creepy. Um, but there's just something about it where, even though it's a goddamn long movie for the genre, because I think the first one's, like, two hours, which is still long, and part two's three fucking hours, which is why I didn't like it as much. But... Uh, part one was very good, and I think that one of the main reasons I like that one, like that so much more than uh part two, was because the aspect of having kids in it makes it more terrifying and more interesting to me. When it's adults getting terrorized by a weird fucking clown thing, eh, who cares? But when it's kids, that shit's scary. Yeah, I think part of the reason I didn't like. Uh, chapter two as much and probably the reason that like in general chapter two is kind of panned in comparison to one is if you're not doing all of it then a lot of the stuff that happens in chapter two kind of falls flat because yes. like they they do the ritual in the movie but they don't talk that much about it and they don't get into the origins of pennywise and they just don't do a lot of the like uh cosmic world building around it which if they had time if they if they did a, a third movie maybe because like i said that was already three hours they were going to do more with it but like 
Stephen King's a fucking hard author to adapt, and it's a long fucking book. Yeah. So yeah. if they were if they were gonna do that well, they probably should change more. And that's just a problem with adaptations. You're not gonna get around. But yeah, chapter one was great. Yep. That, uh, that my... scene with the projector. Oh my god. Oh. Oh yeah. That terrible. that was like that was the money shot. Yeah. Well, that and the dancing. Yeah. Uh, my number two. I'm gonna say Train to Busan. We ooh oh okay you're. You're going a little more abstract than what I thought you would have done. Oh, really? Well, I still haven't seen Train to Busan. You still um, haven't seen Train to Busan? I think no. it's still on Netflix. Yeah, I think it is. I, I really should have, but I really should see it, but interesting. Train to Busan, I saw it like maybe a year ago, maybe two years ago, and kind of reignited an, an adoration of zombies for me because like, I feel like we grew up in like a real meteoric rise in popularity for zombies. Um, obviously, it wasn't when zombies started. We've had zombie movies for years, but like, didn't didn't it feel like for like all of our high school, everything was zombies? Yeah, like and Zack then... Snyder's Night of the Living Dead, uh, Dead Island, Left for Dead, uh, Twenty Eight Days dead. Later. Oh yeah, it's probably Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. It's probably what I'm yeah. thinking of. Yeah. Well, I remember there was we, so we much watched, zombie. We watched that movie at your place. That was the first yeah. time I'd seen it. And that was I that's what, I think it's a really good mo- zombie movie. But yeah, you're right. We had a lot of zombie shit when we were like in school. So like kind of get burnt out on it after a while and it gets kind of not super interesting. Uh but Train to Busan really brought it back. Like they actually had good characters and an interesting story for them to be thrown into as well as uh the the canned sardines situation of being stuck on a train with zombies but then also having that you know we were just talking about squid game having that kind of particular korean flair for the way that they make their movies where I, I i'm not associating this specifically with korean filmmaking but trade to busan is like 75 percent zombie movie 25 percent action movie which makes for some really interesting scenes that you don't really see in American zombie cinema, hmm. which makes it as fun of a watch as it is terrifying. Because let me tell you, there is there's almost nothing funnier in the middle of a zombie movie for a man to wrap a winter jacket around his hand so that he can just straight up punch zombies in the face. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Train to Busan, go watch it. Okay. I, I don't I, oh, I know I need to watch it. Okay. <laughs> My number 1 which should be of no surprise to you is The Lighthouse. Um Oh yeah, that was also on my long list. I actually wanted to bring that up and see if you considered it horror enough to talk about. Uh I yes, I do. Um because I again, I don't I view horror as also just being like creepy and fucking weird. Uh because what is one of my honorable mentions uh, is Hereditary, and I kind of put them in the same boat of, like, they're not really horror, but they're just fucking weird and creepy enough to be able to be horror-adjacent. Um, but uh, The Lighthouse, uh, mostly because uh, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe are just fucking amazing in that movie. Like... Willem Dafoe, like, that is, he like, full Willem Dafoe. What'd you say? He goes for it. Oh, yeah. He goes all in. Full and, Willem. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, there is no other movie you could see that is a better just interpretation of a descent into madness than that movie. And then when they kind of throw the bits at you at the end where you're just kind of like, well, wait, was he just, like, crazy? Is he in limbo? Like, what the fuck is actually going on? You leave the movie not really knowing. And I've seen it a couple times, and I haven't... Or a couple, I've seen it a lot. Uh, I haven't really delved deep into the theories behind what some of the interpretation of it could be. But I like that as a casual... As a casual viewer of it, although I've seen it multiple times, it kind of, like, it leaves you up to multiple interpretations or multiple things to think about that um, 
feel like a lot of movies now don't. Everything's just kind of cut and dry. This is what you're supposed to think. Um, and maybe maybe I'm too small brain to not actually see what the bigger picture was, but I, I thought there were a couple interpretations you could have that make this movie worth rewatching a bunch of times. And it's oh, it's in black and white too, which I loved. And it's in a, like a what, a sixteen by nine aspect ratio? Is that what it was? Uh no, sixteen by nine is standard. I think it was four by three. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right, you're right. The four by three was also just really cool. Um, and yeah, I I it's it's one of my favorite movies in the horror horror adjacent, and I I just love it. I I've watched that movie so many times. It's one of my yeah. top movies to just be like, hey, do you want to watch a movie you think you, that you haven't seen before that's kind of weird but also really cool? Because everyone who I've showed it to uh, has really enjoyed it and been like, that was fucking wild. <laughs> Yeah, and for as much as I also personally really like The Lighthouse, it, it did kind of blue ball me a little bit because I went in wanting more uh, horrors of the sea. Mm, yeah, okay. And and it was more subversive than that. It was a more cerebral movie than I was expecting. So it was, it was kind of disappointing, but also pleasantly surprising because it is still a very good movie with incredible performances by both of the leads. Yep. So not, not disappointing, but I felt a little bamboozled. And and granted, some of that could be my own mindset coming off of a game like Return of the Obra Dinn, which if you haven't played that, I've definitely told you about that. It's mm-hmm. a it's a very similar aesthetic to The Lighthouse, um, and it's also like a a puzzle game, uh, but it's black and white. It's old timey sea stuff, and so like that deals with some like cosmic sea horrors, and I just kind of wanted more of that in that moment. Oh, okay, okay. Similarly to that, though, my number one is going to be The Color Out of Space. Never heard of it. You haven't? I haven't talked to you about this? You might have, but I never know or knew what the title was. Okay, so I don't know how how good of an adaptation it is because I, I haven't read any Lovecraft, but it is an adaptation of a Lovecraft story by the same name. Okay. Um, the idea being that it is an entity from outer space of which we cannot comprehend the existence of. So you see it as a color, but your mind can't figure out what color it is. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have talked to me about this. It stars Nicolas Cage. Fuck. Oh, and I have to see it. I swear to God, his absolute cagiest. (laughs) Like, Willem Dafoe in The Lighthouse, this is basically Nicolas Cage on the same level. Oh, fuck yes. I have to watch this movie now. He is an alpaca farmer with his family. Oh, my God. And it's like the the color comes down and, like, poisons the water, so it kind of fucks up their alpacas. And there's a, there's a lot of body horror in this film with the animals as well as some of the family. And it is kind of a descent into madness for this particular family adjacent to their very small America town. Um, but okay. it's that it's that kind of hopeless cosmic horror that Lovecraft is known for, where it's just like an entity that you can't understand, that if it has a motive, you can't comprehend it, and its sheer existence fucks your life. You know what's you know what's kind of fucked up the more that I've delved into the uh the the aliens shit is that uh Lovecraft having that kind of like interpretation of shit means that dude probably actually saw aliens because <laughs> because like if you like everyone's like oh yeah you know I can't if we saw aliens what would they look like well one all most like media representations of them are all humanoid and I'm like nah fam I can't remember who it was but someone either in something I was uh, reading or or hearing on a podcast was talking about how if if like other life exists it's gonna be in a form that we cannot comprehend like it will look like something that we'd be like what the fuck is that (laughs) (laughs) kind of like that where it being just a color right i don't know if that movie is streaming anywhere and i think if it had a theatrical release it was very short-lived which is kind of like the theme for Nicolas cage's career of recently and yeah. regardless of that, I feel pretty strongly that we are in a Nicolas Cage renaissance. You have been telling me that. So definitely check, like, like if you want, if you want a hell of a double feature, 
watch this and Willy's Wonderland back to back. <laughs> and then the next day, watch Pig. <laughs> yes, you've told me about Pig. And I haven't personally seen it, but I've also heard Mandy is really good, and that's also a Nick Cage. I, I want to, uh, after the Trash Taste Boys were talking about Nick Cage recently, and then uh, they brought up the Wicker Man and how Joey was the only one who'd seen the Wicker Man. And then he's like, yeah, I saw it to try and get more context to the bees scene. And then he saw it and was like, I have no more context to the bees scene. But ever since that um, that Ventrilo harassment video we watched in middle school, I've wanted to watch Wicker Man just so that I could, you know, get context to the bees. But after Joey said there was none, I'm like, well, now I really have to see it. I have to get it proven that there's actually no context. Oh my god, hey, there's a scene in that movie where Nick Cage is in a bear costume because he's, like, trying to infiltrate the ritual, so he knocks a dude out and takes his bear costume, and he just, he runs up on this poor woman, and he just punches her in the face, Well, yeah, <laughs> dressed as a bear. Yeah, it was in that video we watched, where it was just, like, all these outtakes from Wicker Man, and, with like, there's just a scene where this woman's just getting punched in the face, and I don't think any of us had seen the movie when we were watching that YouTube video. So we just laughed our asses off. That's so funny that that's just an actual scene. <laughs> oh, it's such a dumb movie. Okay, okay. well, do we want to real quickly just throw off a couple uh, Yeah, yeah, run mentions? down some honorable mentions. So I really only had two because I, again, don't watch a bunch. But one, as I said, was Hereditary. Because that's probably, like, next to The Lighthouse, my favorite kind of just... It's an a, another A24 film. So, like, I just kind of... I guess I like A24 films a lot. Um, Same. Uh, I think that one is c- great because it's like a family drama with some with witchy shit. Um, and then the other one is the first Paranormal Activity. Mm. I I just loved the f- found footage ish shit because I guess it would be the same, right? It would be considered yeah. found footage. Um, but uh, I hadn't seen a movie that had uh made use of a subwoofer the way that one did. Uh, that I thought was very cool at the time. And then they beat that fucking formula into the ground with all the other movies. Oh my god, right. So, uh, similarly to yours, one of my honorable mentions is gonna be Midsummer. Okay. Because I actually haven't seen Hereditary still. What? Uh, but Midsummer is from the same director, Ari Aster. And as I have heard from people who have seen both movies, the man has a, a real affinity for crushing heads. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> fuck. God damn it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a uh, scene. Another one I have, which is very much towing the line, is what we do in the shadows. Ah, uh, yes. You've, you've talked, to, you've mentioned this on a previous movie cast many times podcast we've done a taika watiti classic yes. vampire mockumentary set in new zealand very funny movie not not horror at all it just has vampires uh, uh okay i recently watched the new james wan horror movie malignant had you heard hmm. about this at all i have heard about it i've seen it on that it's gotten like good review scores please god watch this movie okay it's not even like the scariest thing I've ever seen. Um, it it is very James Wan, uh, of which like he did the 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 first Saw movie, oh, okay, and, and maybe some others, but he hasn't done all of them. But Saw was his, and it's got that kind of like really frenetic, like almost keeping the '90s alive kind of grunge vibe, you know? Okay, okay, and <laughs> and there there are some moments in Malignant where it gets real actiony where the action is bordering on goofy, but stays really fun and pretty fucking cool. So it, it's, okay. it's, a, it's a very fun watch, uh, but it is a horror movie, make no mistake. Um, Have you seen The Babadook? Yes. Okay, because I always see that as ranked, as like a lot of people will have that as their greatest, their, their, what they think is like their best horror movie that they've seen. I have not seen it. Yeah, I watched that one in college with my sister, and I, I don't know that I paid as much attention as I should have, so I should probably watch it again if I wanted to give, like, a constructive rundown on it. I remember liking it, but I don't think I hold it in as high a regard as some people. Hmm, okay. 
Uh, another one I want to tell you about is uh, this movie that uh, some friends in my Destiny clan sat me down and watched several, several months ago. It is a movie from the 19... It, it's from 1990. It looks like it was made in 1970. Oh. It is an anti-abortion horror movie called the, called the Suckling. Oh, God. The, the setup is the main character goes to this shady uh, brothel slash abortion clinic. Um, because as you can imagine, all the imagery here is very heavy-handed for being anti-abortion. Yeah. Um, and she gets, like, a shady coat hanger abortion, and they just, like, toss Sexy. the fetus down the drain. Oh, God. But then that fetus mutates and becomes the monster for the movie. I, I don't know it's, if I want to watch It's bad. Movie. It's yeah. really bad in, in the comical kind of way. <laughs> because the monster looks like garbage the special effects is terrible and like I said it looks like it was shot in the 70s okay I might have to make, I won't I, I'm never gonna watch it but <laughs> I'll put it on the list and then hey shout out to the family friendly horror classic of my childhood monster house am I right fuck you you just did that for Jackson he doesn't even listen to the podcast hey monster house is a good movie though I've never seen it you haven't seen Monster House? All right, we got to wrap this podcast. <laughs> you can blame Jackson for always being like, oh, the critically acclaimed Monster House? <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched it because he's talks it up so much. I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's it for this week. Watch some horror movies. Get in the, the spook and feel, even though it's unseasonably warm and none of the trees are dying yet. Hey, we got a cold front coming through this weekend. And it's Hell yeah, chilly. kill those trees. Oh, they don't die. They just go into hibernation. Kill those trees. Okay, follow us All on right. the socials. Uh, you can now give us stars on Spotify if you listen to us on Spotify. So give us stars. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, give us. Yeah. us I only stars. know because another podcast was talking about it, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll steal that. Look at you doing field research. Yeah. Yeah, follow us on Twitter at Obsession underscore pod. Give us five stars on Spotify. And hey, while you're at it, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, too. And then, uh, you know, if you like this, tell a friend. And until next week, when we do something else, uh, bye. bye.